Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. Last week on the podcast, we talked about this idea of letting go of things that we are holding on to that aren't serving us to make us available to follow Jesus. If you did not listen to that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. And this week, we're just going to build on this a little bit. And letting go in and of itself can be hard, usually until you do it. Usually once you do and you let Jesus in and you let him fill your hands and your life, is like, oh my goodness, Jesus is so good. It's so good to see that, wow, these things that I was holding on to for so long. I was just making life really hard. It was causing me so much stress. I was even being fearful of letting them go. But once you do, you see that Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy you. And it satisfies you like nothing you've ever held on to before. And so it's getting to that place of letting go. And if you're new or maybe you haven't done this a lot or you're just growing in faith, it's a beautiful place to be. And I just want to give you that encouragement just to pray and reflect and let go and step into it. And then what I also want to do is help you with some of the roadblocks and the hurdles that may come into your path as you do this, because I know that this has happened to me. You let go and you start following. And then there's certain things that make doubt or fear creep in. Or I know for me, it was a lot of, okay, this is getting really hard. I'm hitting roadblock after roadblock, or I'm going backwards. (laughs) It seems like I am just going the wrong direction. This doesn't seem like this would be a part of God's plan. Maybe I heard him wrong. Maybe I heard God's story wrong and the enemy can come in and trip us up with these things. And so today I just want to dive in a little bit deeper to the story of Paul that we talked about last week. We've touched on this a little bit before, but we've never kind of painted the whole picture. And so I want to paint this whole picture of something that Paul went through as he followed God and let go and trusted him in his journey. Now, if you don't know Paul, I want to give you a little backstory on him. He was a religious leader during the time of Jesus. But the thing of it was, is that a lot of the religious leaders did not accept Jesus. They saw him as against their religion, that he was a blasphemer because he claimed to be God and that a threat to his people. And so Paul, being a religious leader, thinking he was doing a good thing for the religion, wanted to stop what he thought was false teachings from Jesus. So Paul would persecute anyone who claimed to follow Jesus or was spreading his word. And then one day Paul has an encounter with Jesus that completely changes his view. It changes his view so much that he goes from persecuting the early church to becoming one of the people who was the most influential in the spread of the early church and in the writings of the New Testament. Paul has this one-on-one encounter with Jesus. He gets sent in a new way, has a complete change of heart, and now sees the world in a whole new way. Paul literally lost his vision and then gained it back, but he had revelation. So this is what we want in faith. We want to see things a whole new way. We want to be transformed by by how we are living, by having an encounter with Jesus. And we have that through scripture and through prayer. We just don't want to be these people who take in these words and it sounds good, but we don't change our lives because of it. And this is the part of faith about growing and maturing and the journey that we're all on. And we don't get it perfect all the time, but as we grow, we should be maturing and transforming our lives because of Jesus's work in our lives. And so our goal is not just to read these stories, connect to them and go out and live the same lives. It's to see things differently. It's to have different priorities, to see people differently. And maybe we walk into the same circumstances, but it's completely different because we have a new frame of mind that only Jesus can give us. 
And so we go a little forward into Paul's journey, and he is preaching and spreading the gospel message. And we're in Acts chapter 16, and it says that Paul wanted to go towards Asia. But it says, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, they tried to go another way. And it says the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do so. Then he had a vision in a dream of a man standing in Macedonia asking him to come and help them. And I want to pause here. I want to pause here because this was so helpful for me over the course of the last year. Sometimes God stops us from going places. Sometimes the door closes. Maybe it's not going to a different country. Maybe it's just you didn't get the job that you thought for sure you would get. Maybe you failed out of the program you thought was going to be your your degree and lead to your job and all the things that you had always had planned for your life. Maybe a relationship got closed. Maybe a calling God closed the door on. And sometimes the door closing is from God. And if you are standing in the hallway and you don't understand that sometimes God blocks us from going certain places, that can be a hard place to be. That can be a place where you start doubting God, where you start questioning your faith. Maybe you heard God wrong. But as we connect with God, we know that he works all things for good and that God uses all things. And sometimes he closes a door for a reason. And for Paul, there was a reason and he was being called to Macedonia. And so he went. He felt the calling and he went and he started preaching. He did what God told him to do. And he gets there and it says he's met by this female slave who had a spirit and she could predict the future. And she earned a lot of money by her slave owners for doing this. And so she followed Paul and his crew around yelling, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. And it, it sounds good. Like, okay, the spirit's on. Like she's she's got the right thought, but she just won't quit yelling. If you have a toddler right now, uh, this happens to me very frequently. You can probably feel a little bit of this pain, right? You're trying to have a nice adult conversation with someone and you have a kid that just keeps up coming. Mom, mom, watch me. Look, mom, watch me. It's so cute the first time, but after a hundred times of it happening, you can't have a conversation. You cannot have what you need to have. And so this woman wasn't helping. She was actually very distracting from Paul's mission. And so this is just a good reminder that sometimes people are talking the talk, but they don't always have the right motives. And so pray about that and reflect on that and just give it to God. But know that there are people who may even be seemingly good, but aren't in the right place spiritually. And Paul knew this and enough. Finally, enough was enough. It says many days this went on. I don't know how Paul did this for many days, but finally Paul had had enough. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And the spirit left her. And while this was good news for Paul, because he was sick and tired of this girl following him around, trying to shout over him, it was really bad news for her owners because now the spirit was out of her and she was not going to be profitable for telling people's futures. And so Paul and Silas were taken to the authorities. And it says when they were there, the crowd joined them in attacking them. They stripped them down. They beat them. It says that they were severely flogged. And so flogged just means that they were beaten with either rods and blows commonly at the backside. So just repeatedly over and over and over again. This is not the place Paul wanted to go. This is not the place he wanted to preach, but Jesus guided him here by closing doors and taking him here. So he follows God. He does what he's called to do. And then what? He is beaten until he is almost dead. Then he's thrown into a prison cell all because he did what God asked him to do. 
I don't know if you've been there. I pray that it's not physically beaten, but I think a lot of us have just had been mentally beaten up. Maybe you're exhausted or maybe it just felt like it's just been blow after blow after blow. Maybe I followed this path and it's just been financial struggle after financial struggle or relationship hardship after relationship hardship. And it just keeps coming and coming to the point where you're like, I must have messed up. Everything has been stripped away from me. Maybe I'm not that special to hear from God. Maybe this isn't what God wanted me to do. And this is where we just pause and remember that following Jesus isn't about a life without hardships. It's about walking with the one who overcomes the hardship. And then we're going to see what happens next. And we've talked about this part a little bit before, but it's so good. I could talk about this story every day. (laughs) Beaten down and thrown into prison, Paul and Silas were there for following God's direction. And at midnight, Paul and Silas were singing hymns to God. And it says the other prisoners were listening. And I think Paul's just saying, you know what? You can beat me up. You can tear me down, but you cannot separate me from the love of God. And if you take away everything that I have, if following God means taking away everything I have, I will still sing songs of praise at the night. And this is our weapon. It's our sword. It's what helps us endure the hardships that we face. My pastor said this quote this weekend, and I think that it just applies so perfectly here. He said, learn how to function in the midst of hardships and just instead, of, instead of just praying that it goes away. Learn how to function in the midst of hardship instead of just praying it goes away. I think a lot of times we just want to sit and pray out of the hardships. Paul and Silas certainly could have done this. They could have been on their knees praying to get out of the hardship and they wouldn't have been wrong. It is not wrong to pray to get out of hardships, but instead they worshiped God. Can you imagine what that looked like to everyone else around them? In the moment where they were beaten down, tore down, they still chose to worship God, to give him praise, to trust him in the hardship and just not pray to get out of it instantly. Because there are some hardships in life that we face that aren't going to go away tomorrow, that aren't going to go away next month. Some hardships are going to walk with us for the rest of of our life. And yes, we can pray for their end, but ultimately is surrendering to God's will. And if God's will was for Paul and Silas to be in a prison cell, they were going to worship him in it. And I think that that's a really good reminder for us today. What prison cell are we locked in today? Maybe it's not four concrete walls surrounding you, but something is surrounding you. Somewhere there may be something that just feels like it was stripped all away. And if you can go into that place and worship God in it, there will be change. Those are the moments that shake heaven. And here's what happens next. I love this. It just blows my mind. I love this part of scripture. It says an earthquake came and the walls fell. There is no wall in your life that God can't break down. And the walls fell as a result of worship. Maybe not physical walls falling, Maybe you don't get out of jail like Paul and Silas were, but wow, the walls of your heart will fall in an instant when you insert that worship into the trial. And then we see this whole journey wasn't for nothing. First of all, just worshiping God in the trial, getting into a trial and saying, God, I'm going to worship you in it changes something in you. And the trial may just be for that. It may just be to get to this place where nothing is left so that you see that God is everything you need. But the story wasn't over here yet. 
So as the walls fall down, all the prisoners are probably free to run. And the jailer comes and he grabs a sword because he's about ready to kill himself because he's going to be sentenced to death if all these men get free on his watch. But Paul tells him, no, 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 stop. (laughs) He says, we're all here. And the man comes before Paul and he asks him, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. This is it. What do you need to do to be saved? Believe in Jesus. There's no fancy system. You don't got to spin around 20 times, do a million things. You simply put your faith in Jesus and you are saved. Paul and Silas then spoke the word to him and this jailer and his entire house came to faith. (laughs) I love this story. Paul and Silas were prevented from going away that they wanted to go, also that they could be led to a jailer and his family and bring them into God's story and save them for eternity. God wanted to use that struggle. God wanted to use that hardship to save someone else. So as we worship God in the middle of the night, yes, our faith grows and we grow closer to him, but it doesn't stop there. It can overflow and spread to help someone else's faith grow. And maybe we don't see the wall fall right away. We don't see the immediate blessing of the hardship. But the beautiful thing is we have a sovereign God who uses every hardship and trial and seeing that God always uses every part of our life, even the hardships for good. We can trust that if we're in a prison cell today, that God will use that too. If you have felt called and you have followed God and it hasn't been easy, or you're just afraid to step into it because you're afraid it's going to get hard, just take a deep breath. (laughs) Worship God in it and feel this sense of peace coming over you, knowing that if you endure the trial that comes, there's going to be greater meaning and purpose for it and something more beautiful than you can even imagine. I love going back into the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Moses is talking to the people here. And he says this, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness for 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. 40 years, the Israelites wandered in the desert. And in that 40 years, they were learning humility. They were learning the true nature of their heart. Yeah, plenty of them grumbled and turned away, but some of them stayed faithful. And this is the challenge to stay faithful, to learn that the hardships build humility, to teach us we can't do it on our own, to put full trust and faith in God that he will provide. When the Israelites had no food, God sent them food. When they were hungry, God was the one who fed them. It says he caused them to hunger to see that he is the one who feeds and he is leading you into a promised land with him. Our ultimate promised land in heaven, a land will you where you will lack nothing. And that's just like Moses said about the promised land in the Old Testament. But the thing was in the Old Testament, we as humans were still lacking because we didn't have Jesus. But now we do. Jesus has come and we know that whatever hardships we face will not be the end, that we will get to this place in heaven where we will never lack and where we will see how every hardship was used to build something for the kingdom. So you may not even see the fruit of your hardship on this side of earth, but you for sure will in heaven. And here's the beautiful part. If you grow in relationship with God, if you truly get in relationship and you truly let go and let him fill your hands and your soul, you will never lack here on earth either because you have a relationship with him. Paul and Silas were not lacking in that prison cell because they knew Jesus. 
they knew with him they had everything they need. Later in Philippians, Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Paul knew that death meant presence, face-to-face present with Jesus, but he ultimately knew here on earth also meant walking with Jesus and doing his work here and producing fruit and helping more people experience his love. No prison cell, no shipwrecked boat that Paul encountered, no amount of persecution could separate him from Jesus. We see that in Romans 8. So today, if a door is closing, remember that God closes doors, but he does it so that he can bring you to the one that opens. And a lot of times we exhaust ourselves in pulling at doors that will never open. And when the door does walk open and we walk into it, there will be trials. There will be things there and they will either strengthen us or sink us based on how we respond, based on the thoughts in our minds and what we choose to focus on. Worship is our weapon. No matter what happens, we can praise Jesus in those hardest moments where it seems like everything has been taken from us. It's hard to even lift our hands and praise to God. Those are the moments that can cause some of the most shifts in our lives. Shifts that will make walls crumble, that will make strongholds fall. And we'll see that even if everything here is stripped away, we still have a God who works all things for good for his people. And even more beautiful that our worship in the hardship could bring someone else through their trial. And I know we've talked about this a lot in previous episodes, but I just feel we can't hit on this enough. With God, our pain and our hardships can be for a greater purpose. And walking with Jesus may get hard. And no, it will get hard. There will be moments where it is difficult if you're operating in an earthly mindset. But when you are operating with the mindset of Jesus and forever, those things that used to stop you and shake you become the things that propel you to serve God and produce good works all for him. So if you're there, I just encourage you, keep going. Keep listening to Jesus. Keep trusting where he's taking you and know that he works all things out for good. Let's end today in prayer. Dear God, we just want to thank you so much for your presence with us today. Thank you for reminding us that you work all things out for good, that even in the hardships, in the trials, there is strength and there is purpose and there is meaning. Jesus, help us to put our full life in you. Help us to worship you when it seems like everything has been stripped away. Jesus, we worship you today. We worship you here. We're going to give you everything you have because there is nothing that can separate you from the presence in our life. Jesus, help the walls to fall. Help them crumble. And help us to step out and do the things you've called you in full faith that you know where you're taking us. Even if we feel like we've got it all wrong, that we can trust you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. As always, it's an honor to share with you. If the podcast is helping you, we fully encourage and love it when you share it with friends and family. It also helps if you leave us a rating and review just to share this out to more people in the world and to help more people turn and run back to Jesus. We'll see you again 